0: I think we're going to start this morning. Okay. So, good morning. I'm glad you're here. I um, hope everyone had a good week. Um, we're going to start with a few announcements. There's not very many. Hopefully, if you've been to first service, you've gotten your bulletin here. If you've been to second service, or if you haven't been to second service yet, make sure you get one because there's lots of information in there. But just um, a few announcements there is a discovery lunch today if you're new to Otter Creek and you want to know more about the church it's very much worth your time uh, lots of questions are answered elders are there staffs there it's from twelve fifteen to 2 so just show up downstairs great lunch very informative uh, there's a wedding shower for Katie Underwood and Tyler Pate next Sunday from 1 to 3 in the gathering room and that information's in the bulletin about where they're registered and that kind of thing um, and one of my loves is Otter Creek consignment sale. We need volunteers. Uh, the website's in the bulletin, also, but it's really easy. Ottercreeksale.com. If you're new to Otter Creek, this is a great way to to meet new people, and it's just fun. It raises a lot of money for great um, charities um, and organizations. Um, it's raised over half a million dollars in its 20 20 sales we've had, so what it's a great they thing. Have, do they have a fixed yes, it is the first full weekend of March. And I don't know the numbers, fourth and fifth, third and fourth, third and fourth, yeah, Friday and Saturday, pre-sales Thursday, and that's for consigners and volunteers. If you volunteer, you get to shop first. So if you've got little ones or grandchildren or whatever. Uh, Family prayer concerns for this week, Carol Dawson and her family, her father passed away, H.B. Willis, I think he was 90 years old, Um, long, long life. Again, I think that information may be in here about funeral arrangements. I'm not sure, but anyways. Uh, and then another one that I've added is <coughs> Vicki Atnip, who's our church administrator, is still going through her chemotherapy for her multiple myeloma. She's been in a lot of pain and had some injections last week that were helpful, and she's just so grateful for that. She was in such tremendous pain. and. Um, that's been eased somewhat. She was actually able <coughs> to go to Chicago to see Hamilton with three of her best friends. Mm-hmm. So she was didn't think at all she'd be able to do that. So She's grateful for that. So, um, Kent's going to teach us mainly today. Uh, I guess this is still accurate. Theological underpinning for spiritual gifts and purpose of diversity and gifting. And uh, Eric's going to talk a little bit more about the inventory. Hopefully you all have taken that. If you haven't can still do that but um, we're going to pray and then um, hand it over to kent so father we're grateful for this day we praise your name we are so blessed we know you've blessed us with gifts and i pray that <clears throat> through this class we're able to discover some of those and be able to use them in your kingdom here and in, in your world. We're mindful of those that need you this week and and ongoing prayer concerns for the Dawson family and for Vicki and so many others that are listed in our bulletin and we pray that this week you are with them and they can feel your touch and you'll bring healing to those that need healing and comfort and care. We know you are the comforter, the healer and um, we just need to be bold and come before you and ask for those things. I um, pray that you'll be with Kent today and speak through him. Um, be with all of us as we strive to, to search for your will for our lives. And um, we're, we're just grateful for your son and for what he was willing to do for us. And, um, we ask all these things in his name. Amen.
1: Welcome to all of you. Some of you are new. We are so glad you've joined us. If you were here last week, glad you're back. Uh, we are spending some time unpacking gifts from God and how we're each wired and we want to help discover that. Part of the goal of our class here, uh, if this will work, I guess maybe not. I'll just do it the old-fashioned way. I think think there are three three parts of our life I want to generally consider as we begin today. Thinking about, first we're saved, uh, God calls us to be saved, and then we're called to serve in his kingdom, and then after that we're brought to be with the Lord. Our class this semester is going to focus on that second point, the time we are here. Why are we here? Why was it that God didn't whisk us up the moment we were saved and take us to heaven? There was a reason he left us here. There was a reason he wanted to expand his kingdom through us in this life, okay? And so we're talking about how we will work in his kingdom.
2: Volunteer. I
0: wish I knew what God wanted me to do.
2: I'm not sure I'm really making a difference. I feel frustrated. I asked to get involved, and nobody called
0: me. I suppose I served my church out of guilt.
2: Yeah, I felt abandoned. Ugh, I'm too old to be of any service to God. I want to serve, but I don't feel I adequate. I mean, I put months of work into an event and no one can say I got stuck in a position I didn't like and eventually burned out.
1: church that is taught by gifted teachers, that is led by people with the gift of leadership, administered by people with the gift of administration. A church that has evangelists using their gift of evangelism. Mercy people, encouragement people, and hospitality people, all using their gifts. Imagine a church where those serving are confident, motivated, confident, and enthusiastic people that are connected to caring relationships and meaningful ministries
0: imagine a church that's equipping the people of god to fulfill their ministry to the body and their mission in the world
1: Answer the question imagine the church what would it be like if people did that is there a better way to then, do church? and I propose to you that the diversity in the church is God designed he intended it to be diverse we can be united because we have the same purpose but all of us have different gifts I wonder if someone can think of an instance they'd like to tell the class about where maybe they were in a church and they felt that maybe uh, uh, they, they volunteered. Welcome, come on in. They felt that they volunteered, and maybe it wasn't something they were really wired for. Uh, I've teased with, with our teachers here about a time that the church I was involved with, um, I was the minister, but uh, the church I was involved with, we had a soup kitchen. Once a week we had the soup kitchen, and if it were me doing the cooking, I'd just get mad and give them pot pipes. I mean, I would not be good at it. If it were if it were Diana cooking, it'd be a great meal. I wonder, and, and so that would not be the right thing for me. I wonder if there's anybody in the room who could relate to experience that you would want to tell the class about. Maybe possibly we'll hope to open up and get some more things, uh, conversation going a bit later. But,
2: uh, yes ma'am. I love children. I have two, but I've tried to do the like,
0: you know, massive, large quantities of small children all in one place together, and yes. it, like, just stresses me out. I mean, wow. I tried to serve there for a
2: while, and I was like, I'm better small group, one-on-one. On yeah. one, you know yeah, I mean, and everybody has and a personality. People, and people, some people love it. I mean, yeah. that's their gift, but I was just like, I'm not, I'm not made for that. That's this. right. i and we all nice all to these children. <laughs> I need to get out of <laughs> here. <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: right. right. I love children, right. but. Yeah. Very good. Good example. Good example, Debbie.
0: When we first moved to Iowa, um, I was the preacher's wife, and so we had a ladies' day coming up in about a month, and they put me in charge of the performing aspect of it. You do not want me singing for your event. <laughs> I got through it, but it was it was stressful and incredibly uncomfortable.
1: Yeah. Very good. I think of the children thing, and and uh, I enjoy teaching. I enjoy teaching classes, whatever, but children. Uh, like, like my wife says, uh, I'm like my son. Um, you know how to turn him on, but you don't know where the off switch is, and that's my problem. Occasionally, uh, and I think, I think most people know they, know they should serve. I think most people would like to serve, but maybe they don't know where or they don't know how. That's what the goal of this class is, to help us figure out how can I fit in? Where could I fit in? How has God wired me? Next week, we're going to look at passion, which is kind of jumping off some of that Josh talked about today. But I wonder if some of us are like a puzzle, you know, and we go to a worship service and we get an idea and we put that in our life and think, well, that's something I ought to do. And then we go to a workshop and they give us another idea. I ought to be involved in that ministry. And there was a day, maybe some of you are older enough, remember when we had a bus ministry. So you ought to get involved in the bus ministry. And folks are going over to the nursing home once a month, so I thought I'd probably do that. And then eventually, we have all these pieces in a bag. Now, when we put a puzzle together, I don't know if you guys have done this. I had to go buy this puzzle, but we do not have a puzzle in our house. But remember, what was the process of putting together a puzzle? Did you ever do that over Christmas time? You had like a a one-week project, and everybody would walk by and spend a little while. Uh, What's the process when you have a bag like this of puzzle pieces, how do you start the process of putting together. What would you say? If, if, if you, yes sir. Start on the edges You start on the edges. You need to know the frame, especially those straight ones. We don't want to get puzzles around. Right? We put the frame together. I guess before that I'd probably turn them all collar up. I would look at the picture first. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. And we would look at what is God's design? How did God want the church to function? How did he want it to work? And then we put together the edges. And what our class, part of the goal of our class here is to kind of put the pieces together for you. To figure out how those pieces can fit together and work together. I wonder if, if you have a Bible with you, if you would go to, uh, The folks on this side would look at Exodus chapter 20. Folks on this side, if you'd turn to Matthew 22. And if you're in the middle, you can figure it out. Okay, these folks are Exodus 20 folks. in in 1 Corinthians 12 uh, Paul begins there by saying now concerning spiritual gifts brethren I do not want you to be unaware okay Uh, realize there's a difference of course between the fruit of the spirit that's Galatians 5 we're talking about the gifts of the spirit he doesn't want us to be unaware therefore God wants us to understand about spiritual gifts That's part of the process of this class, isn't it, okay? In uh, chapter 12, verse 4 through 6, there are different kinds of spirit, but the same, excuse me, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in men. God intended for all of us to have gifts and use those. We're to pursue love, that's after the, Love chapter, chapter 13. It's not necessarily about marital love. We read it at the weddings. It's about a church working together. But we're to pursue love. That's good. Good. Yet desire earnestly spiritual gifts. We're going to look at these passages over the coming weeks. And if you got an email from uh, Eric this week, you saw the syllabus and how we're going to talk about the various gifts. So you'll be able to use something he'll talk to us about a bit later to make sure you're on certain Sundays. But... I kind of came up with this across I don't know if this makes sense I didn't try this out on them I probably should try it on them first before I propose it A-G-E-E We accept Christ that we make the assumption we've done that we're given gifts to glorify God and to edify others and then we go into eternity where we're spending our time is in this second we're going to spend our time talking about the gifts because in the motivation for using these gifts is not for ourself. The motivation is to, one, glorify God. That's the litmus test. Glorify God and edify others so that the body may be built up in Christ. There is the two goals of us using our gifts. Right there, okay? Um, let's consider a couple things. In Exodus chapter 20, the first 17 verses, we have the Ten Commandments. And I wonder if someone would be willing to maybe read a few of those for us here on this side, if someone on this side, uh, anybody
2: have Exodus 20 that'd like to read uh, the first few verses. Go ahead, go ahead. And God spoke all these words, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above, or on the earth, beneath, or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord, your God and a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses His name. Remember the Sabbath day, keeping it holy. Hang on a second. Okay.
1: okay, we stop right there. Those are the first four of the ten commandments. Who is the subject of the first four? Does anybody hear hear the recurring? So, the first of the four Ten Commandments relate to, okay, Uh, Eric, if you would read the other six and listen
2: to the direction uh, who it's relating to. So, number five, honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God has given you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. Shall not cover your neighbor's house, you shall not cover covet your neighbor's wife, or his male or female servant, or or his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Uh, okay. The
1: common the common thread here, the first four was God. You probably know the second six are man. Okay? Somebody on this side uh, would would uh, has turned to t- uh, Matthew 22, we would ask you to read. Verses 37 to 40, someone comes up to Jesus and what's the greatest command and here's his response. Anyone have 37 through 40 for us? Can I pick one? Oh, you have a Steve Go ahead. 37 through 40. Yes, sir. <clears throat> Jesus replied, love
2: the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments.
1: Love God and love others. All the Law and Prophets hang on those two pillars. Those are uh, how we decide. Those are how we exercise our gifts. Okay? Um, I read, I thought this was interesting. Uh, you know, we all, we all are part of a congregation that has many members. Uh, all have different gifts given by God. We understand that. Uh, this was interesting, I thought. At a meeting of American Psychological Association, Jack Lipton, a psychiatrist, a psychologist from Union College, and Scott Bellew, a graduate student from Columbia, presented their findings on how members of various sections of 11 major symphony orchestras perceived each other. OK. So how did the participants in the orchestra <clears throat> perceive the people across the way? The percussionists were viewed as insensitive, unintelligent, and hard of hearing yet fun loving String players are seen as arrogant, stuffy, unathletic. The orchestra members overwhelmingly chose loud as the primary objective to describe the brass players. Woodwind players seem to be held in the highest esteem, described as quiet and meticulous, though a bit egotistical. Interesting findings, say the least. With such widely diverse personalities and perceptions, How could an orchestra ever come together to make wonderful music? So diverse. They view each other so differently. The answer is simple. Regardless of how those musicians view each other, they subordinate their feelings and biases to the leadership of the conductor. Under his guidance, they play beautiful music. And we can be that beautiful music in the kingdom of God and advance the kingdom because he's gifted us. He's given us gifts not for our benefit, but so others may be benefited. This is God's purpose for us. Okay. You may, uh, you my brothers, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Excuse me. Rather serve one another in love. I like what Oswald Chambers says. Generally, the Holy Spirit imparts gifts that are re- the recipient is naturally fitted to exercise, but He raises them to a new effect. God has wired us all differently. Some to be chefs. Some to work with children. Some to be teachers of adults. Some to visit those in the hospital. Some to be prayer warriors for people who are half a world away or across the street. God has gifted us all in different ways. He says, he does that so that we see no division of the body, but that the parts should have equal concern for one another. So I want to conclude my part today by thinking about how we see Ourself. Uh How do we see us in the kingdom? How does God, or excuse me? How do we see ourselves? Um, let's think about some Bible characters that you might be familiar with. We might we might think we aren't able to do something like Josh does or Randy does, or uh, teach a class of thirty children or a dozen children on a Wednesday, okay? Or lead ministries the way Eric does. lead life groups or whatever. But we all can be used by God. God isn't looking for people who necessarily are the most talented. He's looking for people who are willing, who will be obedient. Think about this. Moses had an impediment. Gideon was afraid. Jeremiah and Timothy were too young. David had an affair. Murder was a murderer. Elijah was suicidal. Jonah ran from God. Naomi was a widow, Job went broke, John the Baptist ate bugs, Uh, disciples went to sleep, Peter denied Jesus, Paul persecuted the way, Martha worried too much, Zacchaeus was too small, the Samaritan woman had been married and divorced multiple times, Timothy had an ulcer, Saul was too religious, and Lazarus was dead. It's like everybody that God chooses to use can be used. He will use us in a way that he pleases. How do we view ourselves, And how does God view each of us? He has gifted each of us individually, specifically. Jesus told us before he left, I'm going to go prepare a place for you. It will... It's not. It's not the wrong size. He didn't say this. It's not the wrong size. It's a perfect fit. God has given us a gift. So how do we see ourselves? We may need to change our perception of ourselves. The way we may need to change the way we see ourselves. Peter probably saw himself as as a fisherman, but Jesus saw something different. I wonder what do you see here. I teach college classes. and I had a student up here in the front row one day looking at this, and she says, my jaw hurts all of this. <laughs> well, how do we usually refer to Australia? It's the land yeah. down under, yeah. Well, not on this map, right? You see over here, here's, here's United States. You go down here, here's Canada. The United States, you go up here, here's South America. It's a different way of looking, isn't it? We might need to change the way we think, change the way we look, change the way we look at ourselves. Anyone have a story of a coach, a teacher that saw something in you that kind of puts you in a new line? Maybe a parent, an aunt, or an uncle that saw something in you and they said something to you like, You are you are gonna be a good Have have anyone anyone share a story like that from a maybe a uh, a choir director, a coach, uh, a teacher, a principal who invested some time in each of us. Maybe a good Bible class teacher that taught us the books of the Bible when we were three or six. A Bible class teacher that thought. Yeah, Ron, go ahead. I have a choral director and he listened to my voice and it sounds like I should sing bass. I actually sing first tenor and he encouraged me to do that. Um, you and might not have... A, uh, I probably never would have done that. Wonderful. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, I had an opportunity to be in a course in college, and uh, I would have never pursued it if someone didn't encourage me. Kim? Yes? Jim and I moved to Nashville back the first time back in 1977. <laughs> we <coughs> had placed membership in a congregation here now. The minister said, You we need a young marriage teacher and it needs to be you and I said no, it's not going to be me.
2: And hey. so we had them at our house one night for dinner and in the course of the conversation he we said uh, we're going to start a young marriage
1: class on Sunday and you're going to teach it. <laughs> of time that we were there, that, was that, was part of your that wasn't my, it wasn't where I was headed mm-hmm. when I, God had spoke to someone, but he hadn't spoke to you yeah, yet. That's right. <laughs> yeah. But, but he was able to stretch himself maybe a bit and <coughs> help out a congregation that needed young mission, a young, a young I don't know how,
2: what this says about what we talk, it does about probably 80% of the couples that are in that, were in that class now are all divorced, so I don't <laughs>
1: well, don't <tell> that <laughs> I had I don't some. I had someone ask me after, after I did a wedding one time. They asked me, "Do your marriages take?" And I said, "I'm not sure what you mean." He we said, "Well, you know, do they keep?" And I, you know, I, I I I'm not sure. I want to know. You know <laughs> That's a that's an example of, of someone stepping up and doing something in an area that may, they may, didn't want to. Last week we heard Deanne say that Deanna say that, you know, that was sort of how she got into the children's ministry. And uh, she she told us about how, you know, one of her early memories was making the mud pies, remember that picture? And then now she's a caterer. And this is what she enjoys doing. I showed you a picture of me standing there behind a pulpit going like this and you know, I don't know whether I was leading singing or preaching or what I was doing, but, but I was going to play church. And uh, that may have nudged me towards some places in ministry that I might have never, never pursued before. We may need to think about how God views each of us. Has he wired us in a way that I can fill a ministry? For those who have a ministry, or excuse me, for those who are gifted, Jesus tells us a couple parables, and parables about this, but for those who are gifted in an area and they don't use that gifting, <laughs> there's somebody out there who's asking, why isn't the church helping me? Why? It, when, we, when we are gifted in a way that God has gifted us, and if we choose not to pursue that, there's somebody on the receiving end that isn't receiving something that God intended for them to receive by the way the church should function together. Um, I will ask uh, some of you to just, uh, in, in a second here, I'll just pick on some of you to just read what's on the screen and just read it out loud, if you would. Okay? Stephen, go ahead. Read out Once in
2: a life.
1: <laughs> Was that a second A there before? Yeah. Uh, he's a school teacher, and so he reads once in a, you know, some of his reading students who are learning English as a second language or whatever, they would read once in a a lifetime. Um, my guess is many of us looked at that, oh, it's once in a lifetime. Can we move to the next point? <clears throat> Maybe there's more than what we think we know and what we see. Could God educate us? Could God teach us that there's something that we haven't seen that maybe he wants to invite us to see? We serve not for our own purpose, but we serve for his glory and to edify others. Paul would say, do these things so that all may be edified. Encourage every, everyone. And I guess I go back to Peter, and we'll, we'll transition here in a second to, to Eric. Um, but um, Peter uh, was a fisherman. Jesus said, I'm going to rename you, I'm going to make you a fisher of men. There was one point when they were uh, the disciples were on a boat. They'd had a uh, kind of a hectic day, and Jesus sends them into the boat and sends them out to the water. And there's a storm that comes up. And uh, Jesus comes along after a while and walks on the water. Of course, they're spooked by it. But Peter says if it's you bid me come and jesus says come peter gets out of the boat and walks on water something that prior to jesus i don't guess anybody had ever done i mean elijah has a has ax head float but walking on water that's that's pretty neat pretty neat. and peter walked on water because the lord gave him a directive because the lord said Um, when he noticed the winds and wave When he noticed, felt the wind When he noticed the waves around him Of course we know the story he began to sing But he did something That he probably thought he could never do They taught a class Maybe something he thought he could never do He sang a part in the choir and the chorus That maybe he never thought She taught a class Though it wasn't how she was wired She did what she could. She taught a class and has become a part of her life for these last few years. Could it be that Jesus is saying to each of us, come. Could it be Jesus saying, here. And he's calling on us to be obedient. And maybe we need to see ourselves in a new way. And see ourselves uh, as giving glory to God. And um, I salute Peter. I mean, we may beat up on him for his faith or his lack of faith, but there were a handful of other guys that didn't even get out of the boat. If we're going to, um, I think John Ortberg says, if you're going to walk on water, you've got to get out of the boat. For us to give glory to God and edify us of the way God designed the church to work, we may have to have a get-out-of-the-boat experience. We may have to try something, and we've all tried a thing that maybe it turned out it wasn't us. But we may need to try something when Jesus says, Come, I know how you're wired. I wired you the way I wired you, and I know how you can advance the kingdom of God so what's true up there, as we pray on Sunday here, what's true up there may be true down here, and the kingdom of God may be spread. Um, I'd like to have a prayer before we turn it over to Eric and uh, let's uh, have a prayer to close God allow us to see things through your eyes teach us what ministry really is make all of us ministers to advance the kingdom for that's why we're here we've been called to you and you've saved us help us to understand show me show us what your church is supposed to look like and be like and help us to see ourselves from your perspective with a contribution to make not It doesn't have to be huge. It's a contribution to make, to fulfill what you called us to be. Fill us with enough faith to hear your voice, to get out of the boat and follow wherever you lead. Thank you for our time together. Thank you for this class and all the great classes that meet this hour and all the good ministry activity that happens in this place. And from this place, let this place be a lighthouse. Let our lives be a lighthouse and draw people to you. So we will be edifying others and giving glory to your name. In Jesus we pray, amen. Okay,
0: Um,
1: when Eric Eric begins, maybe I can just see a quick show of hands of how many folks have taken the spiritual gifts inventory. Okay. Derek
2: can tell us something about this. Great. Um, Okay, well, I'm going to pass these around. This is just kind of a little syllabus for the course. Oh, good. um, uh, You may not need that, but I always like to kind of have a roadmap to be able to see where we're going. And so last week, we primarily just kind of did personal introductions. Uh, This week, Kent did a great job uh, introducing the content of the course, kind of where we're going. So... Um, as we're thinking about how we all fit into that symphony, which I love that uh, analogy, um, not only because everybody has their own gifts of being able to play different instruments, but also because then the, then the follow-up question to that is, well, which, which is the most important? You know, the percussionists? Because if you don't have the percussionists, your song is going to slow down because you don't have that beat going. But if you don't have the strings, you're probably not going to have the melody, if you don't have the woodwinds, it's just going to be kind of empty and, and shallow. So the answer, of course, is they're all equal. You know, you have, they're all important. You have to have all of them in order to have the grand symphony. And that's true in the church as well. So we have different gifts. And as I was sitting here and kind of thinking around the room, I know a lot of you and know your gifts. And I'm thinking about all of the great ways that you're using your gifts already um, one thing on that syllabus that we, we hadn't really thought of, and we may want to try to carve in some time to do this, is just to have you guys share about what gifts you know you have, what passions you know you have, and how you're using those. Um, and I'm just real quickly, just in the next three or four minutes, because I also want to show you that survey, but maybe in the next two or three minutes, um, just as a quick highlight, maybe a teaser, I would love to kind of share some of the spiritual gifts that I know that you have. Um, and talk about how you're using those. So Steve, give us the 22nd the version of, of what your purpose in life is that you think. Um, my purpose right now do I'm doing? Yeah, okay. I really like working. Um, I'm a school teacher and I teach yeah. at a school that has like I don't know, 80 something different languages in it. It's over in the McMurray, uh, Tusculum area. And um, so I really enjoy teaching the kids. <clears throat> a lot of them are brand new to the country and um, or, you know, they may be second generation, but they still are not English as a first language students. They all are very good in that. But, but the lowest population in my school were American born, like white well, and black, and that would be the lowest population And so, and you're teaching math? I teach math, So, Steve teaches math to middle schoolers, but really, if you have a conversation with him about his job, it becomes very apparent that math is not the primary objective. He is loving these kids. He's helping them learn English. He's helping them acclimate to our culture. Uh, he is loving these kids, and what a powerful ministry. And of course, that's not within the structure of Otter Creek, but it's glorifying God, and that that's the <clears> objective. <throat> um, Jane, say just a word about what you're dreaming about right now. Um,
0: my dream is to have a health ministry here at Otter um, Creek to care for the health of the members. I know there's a lot of pieces that are going on, but just to have that... Uh, Organizational outbent, uh, you know, body, mind, spirit, it's all related to health. Um, so, just bringing all those pieces together to care for the health of the members of yeah, our crew.
2: Yeah, which I think is really cool. We're talking about that. And of course, already, is using her gifts in medical missions and, and goes with her husband all around the world. Annie, say, talk, just tell us a little bit about the ministry you uh, I coordinate
0: the food ministry. So for Otter Creek members who are not in life groups and they have a life event, something happens to them, they have a baby, a death, whatever it may be, an illness, I help coordinate the volunteers instead of a schedule, a meal schedule. Um, just a really simple hospitality, but there's something about someone showing up on your doorstep when you're in a moment of life that is, could be really great or could be really dark. So Eric and I share that same thought of it. Just showing up matters. It doesn't really matter what you bring to eat. It's
2: just Impressive. that somebody showed up and you know you're being thought about. Yeah, and we could go, we could go on and on. I mean, I know you used your gift in data mining and helping write some Oracle SQL scripts, or I don't know exactly what you did, but but you helped with with myths, right? Um, to help them process some data. And um, we could talk about how the Thomases have just recently led the whole church through uh, the Building Stories campaign, how they've used their gifts of administration and encouragement. Uh, John, just on a, on a personal level, is a great Barnabas and he gives me hugs each week and encourages me, and I appreciate that so greatly. And we've already talked about Diana's gift of hospitality. Just this last Wednesday night before church, uh, she prepared a meal and so we had, I don't know, 60 or so folks before church gather and share a meal together before church. And it's not just about preparing the food. You prepare the food, and that's great, and that is a gift. But the, the wonder, the beauty in that is then we have people sitting around tables. And so there's implications relationally. There's implications um, relating to even to the Eucharist of how we're sharing table together. Um, and so it's just a beautiful picture as all of us are, are using these gifts to bring together a symphony, so I say all that to say. Uh, if you have not yet taken this survey, I would encourage you to do so. Um, let me pull this up just so you can show show you what it looks like.
1: When you do, you'll get you'll get a
2: list, but
1: um, uh, it helps you clarify. And there have been like I think ninety eight as of yesterday.
2: You've taken it. Okay, yeah, probably so. I haven't checked, but so uh, you should have gotten already an email from me because I emailed the whole church. But if you haven't yet, no big deal. Uh, We have an email roster that you signed up for in class last week. But if you weren't here last week, uh, let us know and we'll jot down an email address. So when you get this email address, it'll have a link, and you click on the link, and that will open up uh, this tab. And it just says, We've invited you to take the spiritual gifts uh, discovery assessment, and you take the assessment. And it just goes through a series of questions. so, you know, it gives you a little instructions. Let's get going. So like the first one, yeah, you may not be able to read that, but uh, the first one says, people often ask me for spiritual or personal advice. Is this true? Sometimes true. A little bit true. Always true. And you just go through uh, these questions. I think there's probably 50 or so. So, you know, it takes uh, five or five or ten minutes, um, and then it will kind of rank your, your gifts. And so... Um, It it divides into, uh, is it 12 gift categories? 16 16 gifts. Um, Let me see if I can log in real quick. I've got two different accounts that I'm kind of going between here. Okay, so um, let me pull up my. This is going really slowly. Um, essentially, it will give you, it will show you where you rank on each of those 16 gifts. Um, and so, and we're going to look at each of those gifts. In fact, on your syllabus, you can see uh, how we're kind of breaking those out. We're going to take two or three gifts each week. We've kind of grouped them together. And we're going to dig in a little bit more deeply into those groups, uh, or into those gift groups, and talk about what they mean, uh, how they're used. And then on subsequent weeks, after we talk about the gifts, we're going to bring in some um, ministry leaders. I don't even see mine. That's okay. Uh, We'll bring in some ministry leaders to talk about some different Otter Creek ministries that relate to those gifts. Now, uh, a lot of uh, ministries use multiple gifts. So it's not necessarily like, oh, you have the gift of encouragement, therefore you should be in this ministry. It can be broad. But we just want to expose you to different Otter Creek ministries. And we want to kind of help you process uh, your own gift results. And some of you are already in tune to kind of what your passion is and where your gift is. And that's, that's great. Um, so when we get to those weeks, what you might want to do is print out your results and bring them with you to class each time or take a picture of them on your phone or something so you have them. So that as we get to uh, week seven or something and we're talking about one of the gifts that you are pretty high in, uh, we, we want a little bit more participation from you that week to talk about. Uh, what it looks like to be gifted in uh, X particular gift. Does that make sense? Is that resonating? So that's kind of the, the structure of the class. Um, but we definitely want, as we, especially as we get into these weeks where we're talking about gifts and ministries, we definitely uh, want participation and, and have, help hear the stories that you have from, from your own ways of ministry. So, all right, that's all I have. Do you have anything? No? I would
0: just say if you're not on the email list, and you want yeah. the link, um, we can just get a piece of paper and jot
2: your email address down. Yeah. So you did yeah. that this week. So. That'd be nice. Yeah. And we'll send a, a weekly email uh, just to kind of remind you of what we talked about, what's coming up next week, just kind of keep us all on track. I'll leave all
0: this right. up here and you can write your name and your email address on here. Thank you for being here.
2: We'll see you next week.